0: Yeah? Well, I just got news for you. Mine was better. <laughs> I promise you, mine was better. But that, I have the microphone. So this is the best Thanksgiving ever for me. Uh, we had a wonderful time with our newlyweds, Kristen and Dylan, at their new house. Amen. We, they hosted Thanksgiving. Amen. It was awesome to be at their new place and uh, celebrate with them. And then we, of course, had our one, one-year weds. Amen. Uh, Des- Destiny and Landon there. And Pastor Mario and Deonsa and Dylan's parents and uh, us and my in-laws were there. And so we had a great time. But we got some fantastic news, in case you didn't know, because I know Instagram and Facebook flies faster than the news can. But uh, we're going to be grandparents, we found out on Thanksgiving. Amen? So super excited about that. Pastor Mario and Deonsa super excited. We were just totally surprised. And uh, I'm going to be Poppy. And my wife's going to be Lolly, and pe- our grandkids are going to come over to Lolly Poppy's house. <laughs> Amen? I don't want to be Grandpa. so, And that's how the other kids are going to be called. Whoever gets first gets, gets the name. Amen? So I'm just so happy. And anybody knows me that's been around me knows I've been wanting grandkids since way before my girls even had boyfriends. I've been wanting grandkids for like five years. So I'm, I'm super ready. And uh, one really cool thing is, and I just want to say this was really neat is they waited two months. They've known for two months that they were pregnant. But Kristen and Desi have a great relationship. Well, three months. Okay, three, two, it's a lot. And I got the microphone. Whatever, two or three months is a lot, eh, amen? And where were y'all in the first service? No one did that to me in the first service. You did? Oh, okay. Six months ago, the Holy Spirit spake. <laughs> they they knew for two months, three months, four months, a long time. Next time y'all preach, I'm gonna wave at y'all, mess y'all up, throwing these numbers up at me. What was I even saying? Trying to brag on you, girl. So for three months, they have known, and Kristen and Desi have a great relationship, and they didn't want to steal the thunder of the wedding. So they waited for all that time and held that in. How many know that's some difficult news to hold in? Amen? But the awesome thing for us grandparents is now we don't have to wait nine months. We only have to wait six months till, to have the baby. So we're super happy. Amen? So get, get, get your Bibles open. I want to I continue this morning as we're heading into December talking about grace. How many are okay if I keep talking about the grace of God? Amen? As Kirk said, welcome those that are online. I just, I just feel so led to continue, especially leading into Christmas time, to talk about the grace of God. And to get us to really understand what the, the grace of God is. And so the title is going to be Giving the Gift of Grace. And not just that we're going to do it this month, but all throughout the year we want to do this. But especially at this time of the year, I want us to be thinking about a gift that we can give. And uh, I want to step off camera for a second because I want to give a gift away here this morning. How many like gifts? Amen. How many like to get gifts and how many like to give gifts? How many like both? I'm going to ask uh, Brian, since he did such a good job, come up here. I want to give Brian a gift. Me and Brian have been friends for a long time, so I want to give him a Christmas gift. And uh, thank him. I, one of the reasons that I chose you and I chose Jason the first is I feel bad sometimes when I choose people that aren't quite as tall. Because it looks sad or weird on the camera. So you're equally height as tall as me. But I want to give you a gift. Would you, let me hold that for you? Open that up, and yeah. Oh, that's. it. Thank you. I like Tom. Ta- I like Taco Bell. you get it back to me. Or do you want it? You can keep it. It's yours. My bad. It's your, it's your gift. Um, but could you grab that piece of paper in there and read that? This is a great gift, though. I just wanted to give it to you. What, what does it say? <laughs> you owe me fifteen dollars for the gift. Is that cool? I just felt like giving it to you, but I wanted to make sure that you. Pay me back for it, okay? So, take it with you. Put that, yeah, put that back in there. And then, even though I gave it to you, would you just put it back on that table over there? And then, maybe I'll give it to you later. All right, thanks. Oh wait, wait, wait! Come back. Hold on, I just forgot something else. So, besides the fifteen dollars, I would, I really felt led to give that to you. But I also wanted you to, just do that for me if you could. Could you just read that too? You owe me one equal favor, loyalty something better than I gave you. Is that cool? You know, no? I have the microphone. Okay, thank you. So yeah, if you just put that back on the table, and I'll take that home with me. I appreciate it. I man. wasn't that weird? That's a weird way to give a gift, right? You know that that's how we do salvation with the Lord, and that's our understanding a lot of times of the grace of God? It really is. We We, we don't grasp that that God can give us something without, ex- that's not how you know that's not how you give a gift. That is, it's, that's the horrible way to give a gift. Give the gift and then we don't maybe say it, we don't maybe write it inside, but inside of us we're thinking, what are you going to give me back? Right, so I gave you a gift, now, now it's your turn to give me a better gift. And, and, and not, not on purpose, church, I want you to understand, it's not on purpose. We are carnally like that. We have a motive. Or we think, because of the way we have grown up in our world, if I get something, it has to have a price to it. There has to be a what? Catch. Like nobody, nothing's ever really for free. Even when you've ever got something for free, you're thinking, okay, what's the catch? And that's the problem we have a lot of times, grasping the gift of God's grace. Is that he literally, truly gives us the gift of grace and is not expecting Anything back and he gives it whether we receive it or not So really want you to keep that picture of how not to give a gift because that's how we should not treat the grace of God Okay, and I, I want you to think about this as the only I'm gonna call it religion this morning Although this is relationship. How many of you have a relationship with Jesus? Not a religion with Jesus, but I'm just gonna forsake of this of the message say We're the only religion in the world that operates this way all the religions in the world around the world and there are many have this mentality that i have to get up to god i have to reach up to god i have to take steps i have to work to get to god and 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 then maybe if i'm good enough he'll he'll accept me and it's a never-ending non-stop stairs and steps and works but the the relationship we have, the religion we have, the Christianity that we have, God came out of heaven down to us to show us his grace. How many are thankful for that difference this morning? Amen? That's the difference. And you can go, through, you can go look at them, find them. They're all going to have some kind of catch. The God is up there, and he's do this, do that, be this, be that, and on and on and on. And God says, no, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to come down to you. Now, to remind you, maybe you're visiting. Maybe you weren't here last week. Maybe you forgot. This is what we've been talking about for several weeks. What is grace? Grace is getting something that I what? Don't deserve. What is it we don't deserve? Salvation. We do not deserve. I don't care how good you are. We do not deserve salvation. We don't deserve it. So grace is getting something from God I don't deserve. And then what is mercy? Not getting what I do deserve, which is hell, which is separation from God, which is punishment, which is consequences. And so this, this, this has to be an understanding here. And I want to show you in some scriptures this morning that the very character of God is grace. That the very nature, the very personality, how many know God's got a personality? We're made in his image, amen? And so his very nature of who he is, is grace, and so I want to show you this morning, obviously, through the cross and through Jesus Christ is how we get God's great grace and how we get his gift. But I want to show you some scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, a couple of them will be repetitive. The rest are new. But this is, this is the gospel in a nutshell. He says, for by grace you have been saved through coming to church, through reading your Bible, through being a good Christian, through helping the old lady across the street, through paying, paying your tithes, visiting the orphans, and all those other things. By what? Faith. Say period. Faith alone. That's what he says. For, by, for grace, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. And the, here it is. Here's the key. It is the gift of God. But not a gift like I just showed. Where there's a paper in there, where there's a receipt. You owe me you need to do this. You need to do that. that. And it's so hard for us to understand that. But God says it is a gift. I want you to receive it. And the only way you can receive it and, and, and get it is to take it and want nothing in return. And not pay me and not, not, not expect me to expect anything. It's just a gift. Here's another verse. Yes, thank you, Lord. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given... According to the measure of Christ's gift. So God's gift is grace. How many are thankful that it doesn't say God's gift is condemnation? Or God's gift is hell? Or God's gift is punishment? Or even God's gift is works? Does does anybody in here realize how lost we would really be if we had to get to God through our works? What, What if you were... Uh, like the, the, the Jehovah's Witness, and I hope some, No one in here is, is, is that to offend you. I'm not trying to offend you, but what if you believe what the Jehovah's Witness says that 144,000 are going to be saved? What if you're 14401? <laughs> that's that, That's dangerous. You got to pray someone dies to get you off the, get, get you inside. The, in that, they all want to be in that number. Remember that song. Lord, let somebody die. Let somebody get out the faith so I can get in. That, that's a scary thing. What if we put all our faith in our goodness and our works and coming to church and all this stuff and say, I hope when I stand before a holy God, I've done enough. That's, that's what God is trying to tell us. He's like, if you're going to try to do it that way, you're going to be in trouble. He says it's a gift. No strings attached. Take it or leave it. That's the God we serve. That's his character. Okay? So he says it's a gift given by the measure of Christ's gift. So here's the thing. Why, why give the gift of grace? Because we are all part of what's called the chain of grace this morning. You're here because somebody else, now maybe you're think, you'll think of that person right now. I know who the person is in my life that gave me the grace of God, that taught me or gave me the message that got me saved. I know who it is. I know his name. I know about him. I know I know, I know that person. You should know who that person was who was in the chain of grace that, that brought you to Jesus. Okay? And then and now that you've received grace from somebody else, somebody has passed on to you the chain of grace, the gift of God, now you've got to pass that on to somebody else. That's That's what the gospel's about. It's multiplication. And so Jesus passed down as our Lord and Savior to his disciples he came out of the grave and he said i want you 500 people appeared, appeared to 500 people he said i want you to go into the upper room wait for the promise and then i want you to go preach to all the nations And I want you to tell them that I died for them, and I want them to be saved. And that grace was passed on to those disciples. And then those disciples passed it on to other disciples until a little while later in the Bible, there was a man named Stephen who was preaching a message. As he had received grace, he was preaching a message of grace. And a man was standing next to him named Saul. And he was holding the coats of the people who were stoning him. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Do you remember that? And as he's preaching... He is giving the gift of grace to Saul by his actions. Not just by his words, but he's giving his life. He's he's basically becoming a trophy for God. He's a living, the Bible says, a living epistle. He's becoming the word of God. And he's saying, I want you to see what grace is. And he gave his life. But here's the thing that's interesting. How many have ever witnessed this somebody or told something about the Lord and you're sharing your faith, and you're thinking, man, they're not hearing this at all. And not only are they not hearing it, they're, they're mad. They're, not, they're rejecting it and some. Do you really think, outside of short of the Holy Spirit, that as Saul or Stephen was being martyred and dying a martyr's death, that he looked over and thought, man, he's going to get saved through this. But his, his, his death was a gift of God's grace to Saul because Saul watched that and Then although Stephen didn't know it on this side of heaven he dies and that act of grace that Paul that Stephen had for Saul turns him into Paul and Then Paul goes on to read, to write two-thirds of the New Testament Because of the act of grace of God that he saw and so there's something about what we get from God that has to be paid forward. Maybe you've seen that movie or you've at least heard the concept that you get something and you pass it on to somebody else. If that's a movie and that's an act of kindness, how much more should we do that with the grace of God, with what God has given us? Now look at some things with me. John chapter 1, which is a great chapter to read. John is a great book to read. But look what this says here. And the Word, that's Jesus, capital W, became flesh. And dwelt among us. That's what I showed you earlier. He came down from heaven and lived in a human body just like us. And it says, and we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Now watch these words. Full of wrath and anger. doesn't say wrath and anger. It says he's full of grace and truth. Now stay with me. Can he be full of grace and truth and full of wrath? He's he's 100% grace and truth. What I'm trying to show you is, is what I talked about last week is something that God has in his personality trait, but it's not what God wants us to see. God wants to present himself to us as a God of mercy. He wants to present himself to us as a God of truth and a God of love. And so he's fully, full of grace and full of truth. Let's keep reading. John bore witness of him and said, this was him who I told you about. He who comes after me is preferred before me because he was before me. Remember, Jesus was around all the time. Jesus didn't just come on in 2,000 2000 years ago. The Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Just in case you didn't know that, Jesus is not an afterthought. Jesus is God. It says, "And of His fullness we have received." This is so powerful. All received. How many? Everybody. We have received grace for grace. So what he's saying is, I've given you grace. You need to give grace to somebody else. I don't want you to give back to me. something. It's grace for grace, which means, in in, in another translation, blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor. God wants to give more and do more in our lives than we can even, even grasp. And it says that grace says, watch this, what it says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You know why we have the law? So we could sh- it could show us how lost we were. It was never for us to get to heaven. It was never for us to please God. It was for us to realize how lost we are and how much we need a Savior. Because if you, Jesus said, if you try to keep the, the Ten Commandments and get to me through being a good person, you better not miss the mark. Because if you're going to live by the law, you've got to fulfill it all. I know we better get some grace in our life because none of us can fulfill it that's why Romans says all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of god why why does he make that then he says because i want you to see that in moses so you can see the grace in jesus i want you to see the wrath so you can see the grace in jesus then he says no one has seen god at any time The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. That means bosom means the lap. It means relationship. It means closeness. In the the New Testament, when they had the Last Supper, if you've ever seen a picture, a real picture, a a correct picture, they weren't sitting in chairs. They were were laying on the ground, leaning over on their elbows and leaning on pillows at the table. That's how they ate in their culture. And the Bible says in a verse in John 2, that one of his disciples that Jesus greatly loved came and sat at his bosom or right at his lap. You know, it took some relationship for that disciple to go over and get that close to Jesus. How many want that kind of relationship with Jesus? How many want to know that you can have that kind of relationship with Jesus? See, the, the, the religion tells us, man, God is way up there, and, and, and I'm going to try, but I'll never get to him. And God says, no, I, I already came down to you. You have access to me through my grace. Amen? He wants a relationship with us. So Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. How many are thankful he's not half truth? Not half grace. He's full of grace and full of truth. Let's look at Exodus chapter 34. This is really powerful scripture right here. Exodus 34, 5 through 7. Now, I wanna, I wanna t- this is what I want you to really see in this message because I'm trying to get you to understand what grace is. And I, I can tell you, even for myself, after preaching the gospel for a long time, I'm learning more and more what God's grace is. I'm falling more and more in love with God's grace. There's a Bible in, in Psalms, or a verse in Psalms that says, His kindness leads me to repentance. Amen? And by the way, just tell the person next to you, I can tell you ate too much at Thanksgiving. Because some of y'all look at me like this. Mar, Pastor Mario could do the face so much better. He's so good at making... <laughs> I... I I mean, some of y'all are like just so close to passing out. But praise God for food, amen? Glad you ate well. It's tough coming in after Thanksgiving. The Lord descended in the cloud, stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Watch this. Stay with me on this. Verse 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. Now, right before I read this next part, I want, to, I want you to think of something. When you introduce yourself to somebody, or when you go in for an interview at a job, or when you present yourself to the girl you like, there, there's, a, there, there's a certain thing that you want that person to think about. You want to come across in a certain way that you make, what's, what's it called? A good first impression. Am I talking to anybody? You got to make that good first impression in the job interview. You got to make that good first impression when you meet somebody. In the scriptures I'm about to read, and go ahead and take it off for a second. Because I don't want him to look at it yet because I want to think about this. In the scriptures I'm about to read, God is presenting himself to us, and he's showing us his character. So in that presentation to somebody, you'd go up and you'd shake their hand. And you'd, you'd say, I'm so-and-so, and, and this, you know, I do this, or I do that. Or, and, you, and those first few words are so key so that person knows who you are. It's a first impression. That's what God is doing right here in this verse. He is introducing himself to us and showing us who he is. Now watch this. Go ahead and put it back up and look what this says. He passed before him and proclaimed. He says, hey, I'm the Lord. Nice to meet you. The Lord. says it twice. The Lord God. Nice to meet you. I'm merciful and gracious. Isn't it interesting that those are the first, I'm God. I just want you to know who I am. He didn't say, I'm wrath. I hate you. I'm mean. I want you to go to hell. He said, said, I'm God. I'm gracious and merciful. Nice to meet you. Can we just stay there for a second? Isn't that exciting? And you're going to see that all throughout the Bible. You're going to see the character and the personality of God is grace and mercy. He wants us to know who he is. He, he, he also obviously wants us to know if we have to get it that way, that, that there are consequences if we don't pay attention and if we don't make the right choices. and th- there, Those things are there. But he doesn't come up and say, hey, nice to meet you. I hate your guts. Hey, I'm, I'm Lord God. I'm just going to send you to hell. He doesn't do that. He says, I'm God, gracious and merciful and long-suffering. And abounding in goodness and in truth. So he makes this first impression. Now watch this. And he says, I keep mercy for thousands of generations. Thousands of generations. Forgiving iniquity. Is anybody in here thankful that God has forgiven your iniquity? Amen. Is anybody thankful that God was gracious to forgive your iniquity, your sin? He says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. By no means clearing the guilty. Not, 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 he's not saying, I look over it. He says, I forgive it. And then he says, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children. To the third, stay there on that verse. To the third and fourth generation. So he says, when I get angry, I go three, four generations. But what I want to do is mercy for thousands. Amen? That's a gift. Are you seeing the character of God? That's what I'm trying to teach you this morning. I'm trying to show you in these verses about grace, in these verses about uh, mercy, that God is a God who wants to make a first impression that He has good things for us. He has plans for us. That's why Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace, thoughts of joy, and expect it in, a future hope. With this, with this listen, with this grandbaby news, I'm not thinking of danger and bad things for my grandchild. I'm thinking of peace and joy. I'm praying and hoping that my grandchild will have the same life that my daughters had. And, and whether it's a girl or a boy, they'll meet the other person. And they'll have a good life. There's good thoughts that I'm thinking. That's how God thinks about us. And He's gracious and merciful. And, and He wants to visit the, the generations to the thousands. You know, if you're here... As a Christian this morning and a believer, you're starting a new generational thing for your families, and you're going to pass this down to your kids, and you're breaking curses off of generational curses that came before you, that were keeping you from knowing God. You're starting a new generation, and now you're training your, amen training your kids up in the way they should go, and now it was bad, it was ugly, it was sin, it was problems, it was drugs, it was gangs, it was abuse, it was domestic problems, it was strife. It, now you're starting this new one, and you're saying, now I understand God wants the best for me. He's a good God. So he makes that first impression. You know, I was, I was saying... The first service, my personal thing, maybe you're like this too, when you meet somebody, I, I always mess up on people's names because I'm trying to make a good impression with letting them know that I care. And I do most of the time. Amen? How many can't <laughs> understand what I'm saying? Like I want them to know. I'm shaking their hand and I, it is nice to meet you. It's so good to see you. I try to make eye contact with them. And in all that, I forget the name. So... I'm so, I'm so bad with names, but it's not because I can't remember and don't have memory. I learned a whole other language. It's because I'm trying to make that first impression. God wants to make an impression on us of mercy. He doesn't want to walk away from us and us think, man, God's a mean God. God's after me. God is watching for me to mess up so he can trip me and throw me into hell. He wants to make an impression of mercy and grace and long suffering and peace and joy. Amen. How many are still here? 2 Corinthians 4:15. Look at this. This is in the New Living Translation. This is what God wants from us this morning. You say what? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. You said he didn't want nothing. He doesn't want anything for us to be saved. But then what he wants us to do is pay it forward. How many like to give gifts? Stay honest with me. When you give a gift, most of the time, when you get, if you're a person that likes to give gifts, the greatest joy that you have when you give the gift is watching the reaction. And and really, what you just you want them to smile. You want them to be like, oh yeah. And you want them to thank you, right? Just a simple thank you goes a long way. And be thankful, right? So so when you give a gift, most of the time, it's you're looking for a reaction. So God is looking for a reaction from us. He wants us to see, he wants to see in us that we're thankful for the grace he's given us. And so he would want us to pass that on to somebody else and forward that on to somebody else. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And so there's this this call that God gives us and he's saying, as you get this great news, I need you to take it on to somebody else and not hold it to yourself and be selfish with it. I need you to share it with other people. I need you to pass that baton on to somebody else. The gospel doesn't stop with me. I'm just a chain of grace. And I need to pass this grace on to somebody else. And so God is wanting to do that in our lives. And think about this. Imagine this morning, if, if, especially if you're a lady here and you like to decorate or you like to buy things for events, like we just had the weddings and stuff. Can you imagine ladies, especially ladies, for a wedding? If I told you, here's a credit card. I want you to go plan, this person has limitless money, I want you to go plan their wedding, I want you to go pay for the venue, I want you to do the music, the food, everything. Here's a credit card, no limit. Isn't it fun to spend somebody else's money? I just said that like I've done it. I haven't, sounds fun, amen? Wouldn't it be fun to have somebody give you a card and be like, go do this, no No limit. That'd be awesome, right? You don't have to think about nothing, no pride, just that's, that's what God is doing with us with grace. He has given us a limitless card of grace. He said, go spend it however you want, and there's no limit on it. Just go give it. Go give freely you've received, freely you give. Are you seeing, are you seeing what I'm trying to say? God didn't just save us for us. He saved us for others. And the greatest gift that you're going to get this time of the year, especially, is when you realize how powerful and amazing it is to give a gift to somebody else. But then carnality comes back in again. And this is the way we think. How many parents here, when you gave gifts, I'm just looking for honest people today. We're in church. You gave gifts to your kids. And maybe they wanted a bicycle or something that was a little bit expensive. And you did a little test on them you gave them some smaller gifts first to see their reaction. And you're thinking, man, if they have the right attitude with these smaller gifts, I can't wait to give them that bicycle. I know I'm not the only parent in here that's done this. Go looking at me like you're all holy. And when they open that gift, if they're like, you're like, we're taking it back. Come on, can I talking to anybody real in here? Got the receipt, right? They're taking it back. They don't deserve that bike thing. They don't want that little. But if they open that gift up, they're like, oh, this is so cool. Because we've done it. One time we were going to give Kristen a really nice something. I don't remember the details. Something with sound. I don't know if it was a boom box or something. And we gave her a little cheap tape recorder. And she opened it up. and God bless her heart. She was happy but that wasn't the real gift, because I like doing stuff like that. Why am I saying all that? God wants to know our character, too. He wants to know how thankful we are for what he's given us. And and, and so he's given us this. Sometimes he tests our hearts to see if we'll give that away. But we have a free gift of grace this morning to give away to other people, and that's what this next verse is as we begin to close. 2 Corinthians 4.15, all of this is for your benefit. Your benefit, our benefit, not God's. And as God's grace, watch this, reaches more and more people. That's our call. What are we doing here? What are we doing in 2020, 2021? What's the future? We need to reach people. We're not called victory world outreach because the name sounds cool. We need to reach people with the gospel. And it says, And God's grace reaches more and more people. What reaches people? God's grace. There will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. We should wake up in the morning and say, God, how can I live in such a way that's going to bring glory to your name? How can I glorify your name? The way we glorify God's name is by preaching his word and telling people about the grace of God. Amen? Now I close with this. Say this with me. God is good. How many know he's good? Psalms 86.5 says, You, Lord, are good. You're ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. That's God's character. He's abundant in mercy to all those who call upon him. He is good. Psalms 33 5 says he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the wrath of God. I'm not taking away from what I said last week. There is a side of God that is wrath. That's not his character, his personality, or his desire. Just like a parent doesn't wake up in the morning going, man, I hope I have a chance to whoop my kids today. Man, I hope they act up. I, I'm, I can't wait. Right? God doesn't do that with us. He's not watching and looking and waiting. He's, he's like, man, I can't wait to love on my kids today can't wait to pour grace out on them and mercy on them and love on them god that's god's character but here's the thing this might help us some of us and not myself included but some here may not have had good mothers or fathers and especially fathers it's hard many times to grasp father god because you didn't have a good father so because we do the good part good but here's the last thing i want you to get that'll tie this all together God is good. We're not. God is good. We're not. So quit trying to relate people to God. You're never going to even find, even if you have the best father in the world, he's evil. He's not good. Did I just call my dad evil? The Bible says we're not good. God is good. Matter of fact, Romans 3.12 says, they've all turned aside. They have come together. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, not no one. No, not one. So I'm not saying that. I'm saying there is no good father. As good of a father as I want to be, I'm still an evil person. I'm a sinner. I'm not good. Jesus said, don't call me good. No one's good. And that helps us understand the good one is the good father, God. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he can fail. He keeps his promises. And here's the last thing I want you to see. Matthew seven eleven. Now, you, you, you just heard me call, say the word evil. Watch what the Bible says. If you then tell the person next to you, you're evil. Some of y'all just missed your chance. Some of you guys missed strike on those chances sometimes. If you then being evil, I'm just reading God's word. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give, give, give good things to those who ask him? He's saying if you being not good, if you don't like the word evil, it's a little strong for you. For you not being good, you're not being a good person if you're not being perfect, not having it all together, if you're able and you're not goodness, for those I'm offending by calling you evil, amen, if you're not good and you still know how to do good things, how much more does the perfect God know how to do good things, know how to give good gifts? He's a good God, full of grace and full of mercy. Amen. Would you bow your heads? As I pray, I I pray and hope that God has revealed Himself today, again, through His Word, showing you His character, that He's a graceful and merciful and long-suffering, loving God, full of grace. He's introduced us to to Himself as that, and He wants us to know He's that. His kindness leads me to repentance. His mercy is new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many honest hearts this morning would realize, man, I, I, I have the wrong attitude towards grace. I've been somehow, someway trying to figure out a way to pay God to do the right thing, to, to line up, to be good enough. But today I realize I'm not good enough, but God's grace is sufficient. It's a gift. It's free. I receive it. Maybe you're here and you you've heard God's word today, and now you're realizing, man, I need to receive that free gift. I'll never be good enough. I'm, God's not expecting me to climb up the ladder of good works to get to Him. I just have to, I just have to receive what God has already done. It's a gift. Maybe you've never said that prayer today, today, right now, watching online or here in this place. You can lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus to come into my life. Just put it up, put it right back down all across this place. That's me. God bless you. That's me. How many more? That's me. God bless you, young child. Good. God bless you. God looks at the kids, too. Sometimes God says, I wish the parents would be like the kids and be smart enough to lift their hand and say, all right, they want a free gift. Don't be prideful in here today. Don't say, I, I got to go get some stuff together. I got to get some things right. You'll never get it all together, never. you on your best day, you still fall short. All God says is receive it. Receive it. Here's the gift. I'm not asking you to pay me back. I'm not asking you to do anything for it. There's no strings attached. There's no receipt. It's just a gift. How many more could say, Pastor, would you remember me this morning in prayer? Just lift your hand up put it back down. Maybe you're watching online. You're listening on the podcast. We're going to say a salvation prayer here in just a moment. We're going to put our faith in Jesus Christ. It is simply faith. It is simply faith. For you have been saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves, It is the gift of God. As the presence of the Lord is here and as God is presenting Himself once again to us this morning, can we stand in the presence of the Lord and can we begin to prepare our hearts to spend a few minutes with God? Pray that the Holy Spirit softens your heart this morning to receive what He's trying to tell us. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you that you will realize how graceful God is, how merciful God is, how much He loves you that you'd get an understanding of His character this morning and His grace. We're going to begin to sing a song. Let's spend some time with God. Let's worship for for a few minutes. Let's thank Him for His grace. Thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him for the fact that He's not expecting anything back from us. Amen? Let's just open up these altars this morning. We're going to say a prayer of salvation as people come down here. As you get down here, we'll all pray together and accept, accept that salvation, that gift that God has given us. Before we go offline, I want to make sure anybody watching online has the opportunity. As you're getting down here, we're going we're to say, God, I want you to reveal yourself to me this morning. Maybe you're here and you've got an addiction. God's grace is sufficient for you. Maybe you're here and you've got a marital problem. God's grace is sufficient for you. Maybe you're here and you need a miracle in your body. God's grace is sufficient for you. He's a miracle-working God. Before we go offline this morning, would everybody in this place say this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I believe that you came down out of heaven and lived in a human body, that you lived a perfect life, you went and died a perfect death on the cross for my sins you took my place and then you rose from the dead to defeat death so I could live forever I believe that in my heart I confess that with my mouth and I ask you to forgive me for all of my shortcomings all of my sins all of my unrighteousness cleanse me right now as I put my faith in you. I'm saved this morning simply because of grace. I received the gift of God. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I'm going to pass that on to somebody else. I'm going to share the grace of God the gift of God to everybody that I can. Help me be a soul winner. Help me reach others through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we go offline, we're going to sing this song. I want you just to worship.